here. Welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. If you don't know me by now, well, keep listening to a few more episodes. You will get the super sassy Dr. Aaron Wiseman. I'm just so glad to be here. You know, I'm a colleague in medicine. I'm a life coach specifically that works with high-achieving alpha females to kick burnout in the throat and claim the life that we absolutely love. And I am just so pumped to be here with you today. Recently, I did a live masterclass with my BFF, Dr. Sheetal Ajmani, and it came on a topic that I've been doing a lot of talking about, but I didn't really know anything about until about a year ago. This is, what is it to be an empath, specifically an empath and a professional? And I think it's a really super great topic to talk about. One, because I knew absolutely freaking nothing about it. And two, it has dramatically improved my life once I understood that being an empath is not woo-woo, crunchy granola, that it's actually a real thing. And holy shit, I'm one of them. So tune in, listen to this masterclass that we did together, and hopefully you glean some amazingness out of it too. Before we hop in today's show, here's a quick message from Physician Financial Services, a business widely recognized in the physician community for disability insurance. Larry Keller has been in the insurance and financial service industry since 1990. Dude, I was in elementary school, but I digress. Unlike medicine, which has a standardized path that physicians must take to gain education, training, and experience requirements, to obtain board certification, the insurance and financial services industry does not. While he may not be a doctor's first phone call regarding their insurance needs, he is often their last. Find Larry at doctorspodcastnetwork.com backslash Larry Keller, or check out the links in the show notes. have to introduce you to our co-host guest today. She is a best-selling author. She is a Agraveda yoga instructor, teacher, all in that. She is a Reclaim Your Radiance coach. And most importantly, she's my friend. So this is Dr. Sheetal Ajmani. We found each other through the magic of the internet, which is like where I find 95% of all my people, to be perfectly honest. And we met, we started talking. She was early in her coaching stuff. I was getting stuff going with Burnt Out Badass and Dr. Me First and all of that stuff. And the more we talked, she was like, I think I want to coach with you. So she was actually one of the people that coached with me back in 2019. And after we completed all of her coaching stuff and really, and she can talk more about all of that. I was like, do you want to be friends? Because I want to be your friend. And it was kind of in a period in my life where I decided I was just going to start putting things out there. Like if I wanted something or a friendship or a hot tub, then like I was going to go get it. And so I asked her to be my friend. And since then, we have pretty much talked monthly. We went to a trip to Sedona together before COVID hit and... I'm so glad that I found a best friend through Instagram. And so she's going to come talk to me today because through her, I have learned so much more about topics that I would have considered taboo and just knowing how much of an incredible pediatrician that she is and the things that she stands for, she has emboldened me. And so I wanted to bring her today and talk about a bunch more. So Dr. Shido Almanji is here with me today. 
my introduction, you guys know who I am. Aaron Wiseman, sass, badass, fun. That's all you need to know. So Sheetal, what do you want to talk about as far before we start rolling into our questions? Yeah, thanks for that introduction, Erin. I know. So never doubt the power of all of this social media. It's I think it's what brought all of us here today. And, you know, when used in kind of a positive light, you truly can form genuine friendships, long lasting friendships. Erin and I's friendship is a direct result of that. And amazing. It was kind of like sleepless in Seattle when we saw each other in the airport. You know, yeah. it was like you were there and I was there and I was like, oh my God, no. And you're like, you're taller than I thought you would be. <laughs> it was wonderful. Every two or three weeks in 2019. And then at the end of the year, my birthday's at the end of the year. And I was like, I want to do a trip. Erin, do you want to go to Sedona with me? So literally the first time we met in person was in an airport coming from two separate places, two separate states. We met in, was it? Was it Nashville? Oh, I think it was Dallas. That's what it was. We met in the airport in Dallas and found each other at the terminal. So she's awesome. We had a lot of talks. And actually, today's webinar comes from one of our like late night talks when we're like, you know what? More female physicians need to know that they're empaths. Because I remember you telling me like really what it means to be an empath and not like hippy dippiness. So go ahead and talk about that. Like, what does an empath look like? as an alpha female in a high-performing career? I mean, I think one of the easiest ways to describe it is an empath really feels all the feels. We really feel what other people are feeling. Um, We're highly attuned to it, highly intuitive to that. I can speak for myself. I didn't really realize that I was an empath until probably just a few years ago. And I've been out of residency now for 13 years, I guess. Something like that? I don't know. Something like that. I finished residency in 2009. But when I was a resident, you know, I often wondered why I seemed to have such a hard, much harder time, I felt like, than, than my colleague. A harder time emotionally. And, and what I noticed is that I really took my patient, I'm a pediatrician, so my patients, their parents, I really took kind of what they were going through, what they were experiencing, what I was helping them through. I really took that home with me. Um, and I had a really hard time, like, um, disconnecting from that. And, you know, seeing children going through really difficult, critical situations, you know, when you're in residency, you see kind of the the most critical of situations. And really, I would just imagine myself in their parents' shoes. So I think that through my own sort of story and anecdote to kind of exemplify what an empath can look like in medicine, feeling all the feels, bringing it home with you, really feeling what the energy of our of our patients and what they're going through as well. Yeah. And for me, mine's slightly a little bit different. I remember even as a medical student, like in our first or second year when I was in Kansas City and we would do citywide clinics. And I remember one of my attendings one time when I was presenting, he was like, you really nailed this, just telling the people's story. And I'm like, I really feel like this is what's going on. And so for me, it showed up what people would call like intuition, kind of just knowing and like, and at the time, I just thought I was good at like communicating and reading people when and really now that I know this about myself, it's like, you know, when you step into a room, and you're like, Oh, we got something going on in here. And even though people can pretend and like lock it all down. So I'm family medicine. So it's like, for me, it's like the woman who comes in for like her well woman check. And I know there's more going on. And I like ask that one more question. So I feel like there's more for us to talk about today. 
is there something you'd like to share? That's usually what I would say, something along those lines. And then it would come out that her husband's cheating on her or her dog died or that she's really depressed and she's having suicidal thoughts. And I just always thought that that was something like everybody had, but it's not. That's really what being an empath is, is to have this unexplainable knowing. And I think many of us lean into that just naturally, but we don't know that that is actually a super special gift because there are numerous people who don't have that. And I think that's also like Sheila was saying, I think that's what contributed to my burnout is because I didn't know how to like damper that switch. It was like the floodgates were like always open and I was always plugged into all of my patient stuff, all of my office staff stuff, all of everybody's stuff that it's almost like an electric plug when you like are trying to shove seven plugs into it and then it like blows up because I didn't realize that I was expending all of my energy and I was taking in all of other people's energy. Yeah. And that's what, um, that's exactly what I was thinking as you were talking too, is, is being an empath. It is truly a gift. I'll even say a superpower. And it also can be the same thing that leads to burnout. So here we have this really special gift of, of really being able to understand and connect with others, which is such a gift especially in, in medicine. And that's the same thing that can lead to burnout. If not kind of nurtured or given the right tools or learning about the right tools to kind of protect your energy. And we'll go over kind of one of those tools towards the end of this call. But that's basically the journey that I've been on since residency, since when I was having a hard time was exploring kind of all of these tools to help protect my energy when I do go to the office so that rather than my energy being completely drained, I still have something left for me um, when I come back home. And I think that's super important. And that's what's led to kind of me exploring these tools of yoga and Ayurveda that Erin mentioned that I have through my Reclaim Your Radiance programs as well, but really kind of gathering these tools to protect that and nurture that superpower that it really is a gift. It really is a superpower. Yeah. And what's been really helpful for me is coaching because what I didn't realize is just where my head was going. There was the undercurrent of being an empath that was directly related with how I was acting and how I was thinking and how I was moving about in the world. So I feel like this, I'm going to call it like revelation because I really feel like it has been for me. This revelation not just didn't double how I operate in the world. It was exponentially helped me see like, oh, no wonder I'm thinking these thoughts, like everything sucks because the energy around me right now in the ER, everybody is admitting is like negative, nasty, toxic energy. And then when I can get, and then I'm like, oh, so it's not all about just changing my thoughts. I got to change some of this external shit as well. So anyway, real quick, Erin, also just looking at the field of medicine and how it's changed. You know, we were chatting a little bit before we started the recording of over the years, kind of how medicine has changed. It used to be that you really could, you know, if you're in a field like Aaron and I, family medicine or pediatrics, where you had this extended amount of time with each patient. And so you were only seeing a certain number of patients each day, whereas now the way the field of medicine has evolved, where we are seeing patient after patient after patient, just one after another, we're constantly around so much 
energy, so many different people's energy, much more than we would have been if we were practicing medicine 20, 30 years ago, right? And I think my my friends who are hospitalists, if you're in the OR, you know, you're changing from one room to the other. No wonder we feel overwhelmed and exhausted when we bumped into likely hundreds of people a day. Exactly. Let's talk about a little bit how we've learned to balance the traditional versus the woo. Because I think that I think some people think if we get too far deep into this, then we're going to lose our credibility as MDs and DOs. And then talk a little bit to what I know you do a lot with is balancing like masculine and feminine. So we'll do that the second question. But the first part question is talk about how you've learned to balance your allopathic side with your holistic side. Yeah. So for me, I think balance has always been such an important part for me, something that I just always knew I needed and always knew I valued. And it especially came to light during residency when I was experiencing burnout. You know, when you hit these kind of crises moments, I recently was reading a book and they said crisis means to sit, to let everything else go so that only the most important remains. And when you hit these crises moments, you have to kind of look at and let go what what isn't serving you and find those things that will serve you and find those things that will help you get you through. And for me, part of it is that I come from a family where my culture is, you know, where the origins of yoga and Ayurveda stem from, from India. And so I've always had an interest in that. But especially during that difficult time, I really turned to those tools. So yoga practices, meditation, prayer. And so it was very experiential for me. And that's how I started to find that balance was just exploring what I needed in the moment and adding those pieces to my life. And I saw how powerful those were. Once I finished residency, through that experiential learning my own, I knew what sort of job I would want right out of residency to help maintain that sort of balance in life. And I just continued to explore that, um, these Eastern traditions. And I, I feel like both are needed, the allopathic side, as well as these Eastern healing traditions, both are needed and both have a place. So I don't think that, you know, going one way 100% or going the other way 100% is ideal. I actually do think that there's a place for both and, and combining them both. And What's really interesting also is about the a lot of these Eastern healing traditions, yoga, Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine. There's a lot of now in the recent, you know, past decade, I would say, there's a lot more research, scientific research also coming to provide evidence-based knowledge to us that, that this works, right? One of my first Ayurvedic teachers was also an MD. And he said that medicine is evidence-based practice. Ayurveda, these yogic traditions are practice-based evidence. It's just these have been around for over 5,000 years. And that many people have gone through and used these practices and found benefit. And they still hold true today. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys know I'm a DO. So I'm already a little (laughs) off-collar. And I'm proud of it, to be perfectly honest. And so for me, balancing the traditional and the woo was really allowing myself to be both. Because for so long, I felt like in order to be a good doctor, in order to show everyone, whoever everyone was, to show everyone that I needed to act and be a certain way. And when I finally gave myself permission to be like, be both, it's fine. 
that doesn't make the other one less. She feels talking about splitting the middle. It's not a hundred percent, a hundred percent. That's why I realized that like, that's the, that's the special sauce. That's the recipe. And I don't know. I just felt a lot of pressure for so long is like that I really needed to conform. Cause you know how it is when you're a medical student, you're a resident training, you're an early attendant. You like hear the old dogs like bitching, complaining about like, Oh, did you hear such and such closed up his practice and now is doing functional medicine? What is that? You know, and just like the little chitty chat, negative, the stuff that we don't realize that sticks with us. But I, as I'm saying that I am visualizing a specific surgeon in the doctor's lounge in 2000 who was saying things like that. And so. I think it was when I finally like penny shirt, let my middle finger do the talking and decide that like, fuck you, I can be both. And you know what? Let them be mad because your opinion doesn't pay my bills. That was when I felt like I could truly embrace it. And that's when things got easier because for so long, I felt like I was always fighting, but I couldn't identify like who I was fighting against. And once I realized I was like, oh, I'm fighting against myself. This is a stupid argument things got a lot better. So let's get into the tangible takeaway because I think that's so important. I see a lot of head nodding. So I think we're on the right course with all of you. But I want to say, so Sheetal introduced me to this shielding bubble exercise back in 2019. So much so that I now teach pretty much everybody that I coach who I identify as an empath this exercise. And so Sheetal, take it away and um, give us like a brief summary, talk about it. And then if we have some time, let's actually see if we can try to do it. Sound good? Yeah. So this has been a really helpful um, practice. I've been doing it for years. I kind of formally learned it as this sort of bubble meditation in 2019, but I was doing something similar well before that, probably since residency of kind of imagining yourself in this protective shield. And Erin, I know you have something else that you imagine. Is it? Okay. My dad is a huge Star Trek fan. I remember watching Star Trek since I was a little kid. I always think about the USS Enterprise, you know, the blue shield that's like John Luke Picard would be like, shields up and they would go. So that's what I think about with my shield is, is Star Trek. But anyway, I, I divert. Yeah, <laughs> no, thanks for sharing that because I wanted, I wanted kind of you, you to hear too that there's like different ways that this shield can look like for everyone, right? But kind of just imagining this sort of protective shield and you get to decide what gets through that shield and what doesn't. And kind of taking that and imagining that when you go into whether it's your job, whether it's, you know, showing up in a certain relationship whatever it may be, kind of taking that and knowing that you can protect your your energy, your space, which is really, you know, I know that this word energy can sound kind of sometimes really kind of woo and out there too. But really, what is that? I mean, that's that's like your mental, your physical, your emotional energy. So kind of thinking of it in that tangible way as well. So this Bubble meditation, which I learned of kind of thinking about it this way just in 2019. Um, I want to just kind of lead you through it, maybe just a few minutes. So it's kind of like a meditation. Just make sure that you're seated somewhere comfortably. I know this is being recorded and it's going to be a podcast. So if you're listening to this in your car, like I often listen to podcasts in the car, focus on driving. You can always come back to this and do this later and you'll at least kind of have an idea for it. So find a comfortable seat and then just rest your hands on your lap or on your knees and close your eyes 
Um, if closing your eyes doesn't feel comfortable right now, then just gaze softly at a spot on the floor just so that your gaze is kind of focused and soft. And just take a moment real quick just to notice how your body feels, just noticing your physical body, and then take your awareness to your breath, just allowing your breath to come and go, noticing your inhale and your exhale. And now I want you to imagine a bubble surrounding you. So this is a clear bubble. It's semi-permeable, so it's breathable and open. This bubble can be as large or as small as you would like, as feels comfortable to you. And this is a safe space. So just imagining, you know, 360 degrees around you that you have this soft, flexible, semi-permeable, breathable bubble. And you may notice with this bubble, there might be areas that have little rips or little holes or small little defects in them that maybe are letting larger particles in than you would like. So take a moment here to do like a 360 scan of your bubble and just notice if you see any of those areas that need to be mended. And take a moment now to mend those areas in whatever way feels right for you. So doing a 360 scan of your bubble in front of you, over top, on the sides, on your back. And are there any areas that need to be mended, repaired? And go ahead and do that. And then I want you to imagine someone in your life. And for today, I want you to choose someone who you have kind of a neutral slash favorable experience with. So maybe an acquaintance, a neighbor, but trying to stay away for this exercise, someone who you are very close intimate relationship with or a very strong negative experience with. So someone kind of neutral and imagine that person at a distance away from you in their own bubble. So just like you have your own bubble, they are also at a distance away from you in their own bubble. And just allow yourself to go with your imagination in terms of kind of how far that distance is away from you. Your intuition knows what is right. Allow yourself to trust that, trusting your intuition here. So they're in their bubble, you're in your bubble. And now imagine a thread between your bubble and their bubble. So maybe like a golden thread that just connects bubble to bubble. So recognizing here that this connection isn't your body to that person's physical presence. It's bubble to bubble. So you still have this space around you, this protective, safe space around you that you get to decide that semi-permeable, what things you let in and what things you let out. And so just noticing this connection, this thread between your bubble and this other person's bubble. Just focusing on that kind of back and forth for a moment. And then begin to kind of release your awareness from that thread back to your own bubble and notice how you feel here, how you feel in this moment. Begin to bring your awareness back to your breath, just noticing your inhale and your exhale. Bring your awareness back to your physical body, noticing your fingers and toes, maybe giving them a little wiggle. Just taking in one more moment here to notice how you feel. And whenever you feel ready, fluttering open your eyes. Oh, yay. You have a bubble now. <laughs> Seriously, mine does look like Star Trek. But, you know, if yours is clear, that's good. I've had other clients describe it in other ways, like plexiglass. I had one describe it like Bubble Boy. I don't know if you ever watched that movie, but that like that was hers, like the plastic when she's anyway. But why I think this is so important, I wanted Sheetal to like introduce this to us all is your bubble is always available to you. And the other thing is too, is you can strengthen that bubble and make it a little thicker and clean it up. I don't know how you envision fixing your bubble, but I was doing this. Clean it stuff up. 
So you do you. Maybe you were like suturing or something. I was doing the spit test. But yeah, and and I think it's really important then too, and Cheeto, you can talk to this too, is like recognizing sometimes when those threads get a little yucky. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, you have complete, you know, in this visualization, you have complete control over that, right? Sometimes those threads need to be cut altogether. Sometimes, you know, depending on the relationship, it's a thick rope. If it's a very close relationship, right? But you still have your bubble. Sometimes it's a very thin thread. So that's where, again, just kind of following your intuition and what you're experiencing in your day-to-day to help help guide that and what you need and creating that visualization. It's it's all, um, you know, that part is all in your control. There's and not actually, control, but this is something that we can. Yeah, and I actually have people who are feeling exhausted by their office or their hospital or their work day. That's part of their homework is each day I'm like, did you do your bubble? Did you do your bubble when you were overwhelmed? Did you do your bubble when you were feeling good? And like thinking about, I mean, it takes five seconds, like Mm -hmm. after you practice it a little bit, but start visualizing, visualizing your bubble and, and putting it into place all around you, no matter where you walk and go. And if you imagine, I mean, you can kind of going back to kind of how we talked about it. You know, when you walk into a room, whether it's a patient room or another room, if there's two people in there and they've been fighting, you can feel that energy, right? Um, and so that's kind of what when we talk about these feelings, the feels, and, and being able to pick up on that, like a lot of that goes along with being an empath. And so this idea of protecting your energy is kind of imagine walking into a room where those two people are fighting, but you have your protected bubble. That energy is still there, but you have this kind of shield and you might feel a little bit of it right but you can dampen it a bit so if people love this sheetle because i know i love it i use it all the time talk a little bit more about your reclaim your radiance group that you're getting ready to start in a couple weeks because you do more of these type of exercises you do more education you like dive deeper into this. Absolutely. So in my Reclaim Your Radiance program, we go into things like this, um, as well as other sort of tools that you can integrate into your daily life. So lifestyle practices, mindset practices that all draw from yoga, Ayurveda, modern science, psychology, to really help you get unstuck wherever you are, to get unstuck and live radiantly again to integrate small things into your busy life that really make a huge difference. Things like this bubble meditation that take no more than maybe a couple minutes a day while you're practicing it. And then you can go back to it just like that, like the snap of your finger to, to help you, you know, regain your, your power, regain your inner power, regain your superpower. And if you want to just learn more about kind of the other things that I'm doing, uh, you can find me at shefoljmani.com. And I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at MD. On my side, if you like hanging out like this, I, so I started a Slack group because I hate Facebook. I hate Facebook so much with a passion. Like if Facebook was a person, I'd punch it in the throat. So I started a Slack group called Aaron Wiseman's Badass Collective. It is a real fun place to come and hang out with me, with other badasses and find out more about the stuff that I'm doing and information. It's not, it's, it doesn't cost, it's free. It's just for funds. And I think it's a really cool space because we love doing this stuff. We love helping other people. And, and so we want to put that out there.
Mountain. Mountain. 